Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Shulable Podcast brought to you by Five Reasons Sports. This is David Handel. And again, I am joined by our very good friend, Mr. Eric Henry. Eric, how are you doing today? Probably better than me, but how are you doing today? <laughs> how is Eric Henry of Horns 24-7 and 24-7 Sports? Just get that obligatory yes. out of the way. Um, <laughs> I forget to do that every time. It, yes. is all, it is all good, my guy. Um, listen, man, before we get into what we're here to get into, David, how's wedding prep? Let's just talk about something positive, man. Like, how's, how's life treating you uh, outside of, of what we're going to get into, man? Life is treating me much better than uh, the Panthers did this week. Um, but yeah, life is good. I'm all good. I am getting ready. I've got my wedding in a pretty much what, three weeks now, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, life is good. Life is good. Um, very excited. And shout out to Scott Carr for making it a bye week that week. <laughs> that um, <laughs> um but so, yeah so that, so hold on, David. was that was that intentional or coincidence uh it, it might have been both because okay. it, essentially the reason why um we had to do a fall wedding was because my fiance uh, is an accountant and her busy season basically ran from february until pretty much september August, September-ish. It was uh, like she basically just couldn't get married within that, that time frame. Um, so the options were, you know, either early fall, which is kind of hurricane season down here. So we're like, let's avoid that. And then the other option was like early winter, like January, but I didn't want to miss the playoffs. The Dolphins are going to make a run in. So we settled on November 4th. And I told Scott with plenty of time, this was last year at this time. And I kind of said it half jokingly, half really hoping he would do it. And I told him, Scott, I'm going to need a huge favor from you, my man. I'm going to need you to make that a bye week. And then he he may have jokingly, but may now that I, obviously the schedule came out, may have been serious. He said, David, I got you. And now we have a bye week happened to land on that day. So uh, it's probably more coincidental than anything. But I like the story of Scott uh, rearranging it so that I, that I don't miss a game. I like, that. I like to know that story better. Which ironically, now that, that you know what I didn't realize, because we planned the wedding over a year and a half ago. Like I got engaged almost so long ago. Um, with the October slate being all weekday games, I could have just done October. But, you know, it's all good. It's all good. It's 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 you know it's going well over here. Listen, David. David how is it planned? Oh man, hold on. Before we get to that, why let the truth get in the way of a good story? I just envision Scott saying, and anyone who's in, who's interacted with Scott Carr knows, one of the most genuine guys, just saying, David, I got you. And shout out to Scott, or in actuality, Judy McLeod in the CUSA Conference Office for making that happen. <laughs> so Scott had, had very little to do with that, but uh, the folks over there in Dallas had the uh, the uh, say in that. But yeah, how are things going over here? Um, it's 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 been good. It's uh, oh man, David Austin is nothing like Florida. You know, it, it is just it, it, it is. This is such a unique place, man. Texans. There's two things about Texans. They take a lot of pride in like Texas and everything being Texas sized and Texas branded. And um, yeah, man, like uh, the speed limits here are kind of wild, bro. Like 80 mile an hour speed limits. I mean, granted, you're from South Florida, so those are informal there. 
but like legalized 80 mile an hour speed limits here, it's 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 a, it's, it's 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 new. That's actually wild. 80 mile per hour speed limits. I mean, if that was if that was in Miami, I mean, that would be dangerous. If that, if that was in Miami, it, it would be literally the Fast and the Furious, which it already is in South Florida. Yeah, <laughs> good term by David. But yeah, man, let's uh, we've stalled enough. Let's uh, let's get to what we're we're here to talk for. Yes, um, this week we are we are recording on Friday, October thirteenth. So two days after Vice Night, um, and now FIU, since probably the it's actually the last time that you probably heard this voice, we were on a three-game winning streak, and now we are on a three-game losing streak. So um, hasn't been hasn't been great in Pantherland, and this loss really stings more than any of them. Um, this is actually, you know, and I. I I actually think it, it's if it's not number one, it might be a top three loss in program history um, for a few reasons. And the reasons I say that is one nationally televised ESPN two game. We had all eyes on us. It was Wednesday night. There was no other games of competition. There was just one other, you know, one other seated USA game. But, you know, still a lot of eyes on us. It's vice night. We're de- debuting the jerseys that broke the Internet. You know, number one voted jerseys by Sports Illustrated. People were getting hyped about it. It was all over all these outlets, ESPN, uh, Barstool, all these things. People were seeing the jerseys in the offseason. This is the time to showcase them. We had a blimp. We had Lambos. The hype for this game was awesome. And we've got a 1-5 UTEP team coming to our house to play with all these factors. And that is what happened. It's 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 a tough one to swallow, and it's even tougher because UTEP literally tried their hardest to hand this game to us on a platter. Like we had so many chances to take advantage and, and, and come back in this game, and really we should have won this game. I mean, they scored six points since the first quarter, and two of their their touchdowns in the first quarter were huge bomb plays. Literally, I think they might have been the same, almost the same exact play. Um, but since the, uh, besides those two, you know, they're not fluke plays, but like you know, two one score touchdown drives, they couldn't do anything on us. You add in a couple missed field goals. You add in the fact that you know they you know had a couple good drives, but like they really could not do anything after the first quarter. But then we refused to take any any advantage of any momentum we come out in the second half we're down 24 7 boom huge third down conversion drive it down all the way down touchdown first drive then you convert on an onside kick which was an awesome call insane the momentum is completely on your side and that's it that's where it all went you know nothing else happened we couldn't we couldn't do anything we couldn't you know we drove even the first half we drove to their side of the field, I think, four or five times and came away with only seven points. It was – we just could not score. We could not take advantage. We we beat ourselves up a lot. We had God knows how many penalties. I mean, we had a bunch of holding calls. Um, you know, the, 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 the O-line did not really hold up. Keon was – didn't have his best game, and he was also running for his life. I mean, it was just like there was really not many good points, like, in this game. It's just like it's so – it's more annoying than anything because it's a game that you've got to take advantage of. And it's a game that, you know, obviously it's not like we're playing 
you know, huge P5 school where if we win, it's like, you know, it's talked about everywhere. But it's, an, it's a huge advantage locally to like, you know, all these local stations. We're talking about the game. We've got Billy Gill on the call. Like you can't – these are the games that you can't lose and you can't lose like that to who you played. Um, so it, it was a very frustrating game. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it was, it was, it was bad, Eric. It was bad. I don't know if you got a chance. I know you got a chance to watch. You t- I know you tweeted about it. I don't know if you were able to watch the whole game or not, but, um, kind of wanted to get your thoughts. And if you agree with me that you think it's at least top three, top five worst in program history, not, and I'm not talking about in Turkey. Cause I, I mentioned that to some people and they're like, they mentioned some other games and I'm like, no, but it's it's the fact it's the combination of the actual game and then everything else around it uh, is the reason why I have it very highly up on my rankings of, of worst losses. But I, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, David. So first off, no, I watched the entire thing. You know, the midweek slate has helped me be able to, quite frankly, see a lot of FIU because obviously on Saturdays I'm in the press box traveling. Um, Here's the deal, and I am going to come and answer your question in regards to the UTEP game, but the last 12 quarters of football haven't necessarily been great for the Panthers, right? I mean, you take a look at the Liberty game, and I, I always felt that that was going to be a very tough challenge, despite the fact that, you know, Liberty lost Hugh Freeze, and, and this is no longer the Malik Willis Liberty Flames. That's a very solid program. Jamie Chadwell, a really solid coach, and Caden Salter. I mean, I knew once Jamie Chadwell landed at Liberty, he was going to be able to mold, kind of bring that um, that spread option offense that they ran with Grayson McCall to a lot of success. Caden Salter has the ability to do that, right? So that to me was an, uh, an example of styles make fights, and I thought that was a tough matchup, a tough ask for FIU, a really still a young FIU team. The next week against New Mexico State, that's a tough one, you know, making that trip out to Las Cruces, not an easy place to get to someone. You know, I made that trip last year. You got to Flying to El Paso, there's not an airport in Las Cruces, so the team, they fly into El Paso and then uh, make the, you know, 45, 50-minute bus ride over to Las Cruces. And Diego Pavia, you know, that was one, David, that concerned me because uh, their quarterback, for those who may not know, Diego Pavia had an off-field issue where he, uh, I guess to put it frank, he, uh, he was caught urinating on the rival New Mexico um, on their practice fields. And once that video got out and the fact that he wasn't going to be suspended for that game, because that was my concern. I was wondering if he was going to be suspended. Once I knew that he wasn't, I I kind of felt like that almost signaled trouble in the sense that, listen, after you get caught doing something like that, you better play the game of your life. Right. And Diego Pavia certainly to come back. Uh, FIU pushed Mexico State in the first two quarters, but uh, the Aggies really pulled away. The UTEP game, David, what I think is disappointing about it in my mind, and I'll be honest, I do think for a lot of FIU fans, well, you know, I'm not an FIU alum, I've gotten to know uh, a lot of the Panther faithful. I think their biggest frustration is not losing a three-point game or, you know, like I, I, I covered the team when they went, uh, well, I covered the team during bowl, bowl years, all three bowl years, but also, you know, the the – um, Mike McIntyre's first year and, and the on five year, right? It's one thing to lose games by a touchdown or, or some plays here or there, right? You can bounce back from that as a fan. That's my feeling. That's the feeling I get. But when you lose 38-6 or you end up down 21-0, I believe that was, what, after the first quarter, uh, 21-0, that's tough, right? And then you look at the circumstances that you're playing this UTEP team with. It was not Gavin Hardison, the three-year starter, uh, it was their four-string quarterback. 
You know, you got Tyron Smith, one of the top receivers in CUSA. He does. He's not playing. And it's a being, you know, reserve receivers. And to an extent, and I know this was mentioned on the broadcast, David, it is tough to prepare for a four-string quarterback. You know, you don't necessarily have a lot of film. And I, I felt, David, and I, I'm going to, you know, come back to this when I when I get your perspective on this game again in a second. But I, I did think that UTEP had a great game plan. They came out and ran the ball, established a run with a guy, you know, like Deion Hankins, a really big running back. And I think that in my mind, I know Mike McIntyre postgame said that he didn't feel his defensive backs um, were getting you know caught up in the play action. I, I, I do see it a little bit differently. It, it kind of felt to me like once UTEP established that uh, that first drive that, you know, some of the defensive backs, while yes, the receivers did run good routes and run to the open spot of the field. Some of the defensive backs really kind of had their eyes looking for the run. And I think that 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 cost them right when you don't know what to prepare for. Overall, you asked me where I think this kind of ranks. And obviously, I don't have the FIU history like you do my FIU history. Um, and covering the team goes back to 2017. So those are really good years. And then, you know, really watching FIU football kind of, uh, I guess, it really starts in around like the 2010s of Alex Magoo years. But why I could see making an argument for this being a top three or top five loss, David, is yes. National television hurts, you know. Conference USA teams, David, have spent a lot of time. It's funny you you mention um, where the loss ranks because I just finished taping a podcast, um, the Sports Illustrated Athlon podcast that I appear on regularly. My old buddy Joe Lonergan, of course, you can find Kevin Burrell's coverage of FIU football at that outlet. And we just finished talking with Emily Austin, who covers uh, the Flames. She actually works for, for Liberty as the reporter. And David, she was talking about just the spotlight that Liberty, who's been an independent for all these years, what that midweek spotlight has kind of done to, you know, really expose them to the greater college football, you know, nation, right? You flip it for FIU. FIU has spent a lot of time, unfortunately, being known for a handful of things, right? The, the, The fight at the Orange Bowl, the win over UM, which is a good one, good memory, T.Y. Hilton, and as someone who covered, you know, the last year of the Butch Davis era, David, I still have people when I tell them I covered FIU, they ask, oh, are they still using use pads? Are they still, you know, doing this? And, and, and it, it's tough to hear that, right? So I'm like, all right, let's, let's dive into some of the perspective behind what you're hearing. But you get my point, right? Is Those are some of the things that FIU football has been known for and when you get out of South Florida. So to be in front of a national audience and to, you know, have the type of performance you have, it's, it's tough, man. And I think for me, this was the, I don't want to say the most embarrassing moment because I, I, I don't think there's anything, I mean, you're going to lose a football game, but I think the toughest thing for fans to swallow was when UTEP, when they, you know, picked off Kiwan Jenkins and, and they ran to the Lambeau. I mean, shout out to anyone who's been to FIU Stadium. You know, David, I, I know you're, you're ready to jump in at the bit to jump in. So I'm going to give it back after this. Uh, anyone who's been to FIU Stadium knows there are a ton of CSC people there. They take their job very seriously. I have seen visiting beat writers not um, get field access. So shout out to that one CSC guy who ushered the defense away from the Lambeau. But that was the moment when it just you got that sinking feeling like FIU puts on this big, you know, vice field, vice uniforms. Uh, Lambos and it's the opposing team that's celebrating in, in front of the, the Lambo. But shout out to that CSC guy because listen, that could have been a, a much worse image 
uh, he kind of ushered them away from there. But it, it looked for a second like they were going to jump in the car and, and whatnot. So shout out to that guy for, <laughs> for ushering them away, David. But I'll, I'll pass it back to you on that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with, uh, you know, pretty much everything you said in terms of what people outside of, you know, Miami and, you know, obviously FIU faithful probably think when they think of FIU, those four are probably the main things that stand out. Um, and probably also like just the names of, you know, obviously Butch and, and, and Mario. Um, but that, that, that moment when they went to the Lambo was really, was really, I was just like, I was like, Oh man, he's going, I literally saw the whole thing in process. I'm like, hey, there they go to the Lambo. And then I hop on Twitter after, and that's the biggest thing from the game was the, was the Lambo celebration. And that's why it adds insult to, to injury because it's like, like the Lambo thing would have been so sick if that was us celebrating by the Lambo. Exactly. You know, it's the fact that, that, that they used it to dunk on us, um, which is, you know, they're absolute right to, cause they beat us. Like that's, you know, uh, I, and I figured that might happen if at some point uh, in this game, if, if for either side that, that the cars would take place in a celebration, but yeah, man, it just, it really was just disheartening. And, and especially because like, like I said, like Eric, they tried their hardest to give this game to us. Like they were not good. They were, re- they came out, they had three really good drives. Well, really maybe a few really big plays, but like they tried their hardest to give us this game. This game was a 10 point game forever. And we had the ball three times and we could have cut it to one and we could have, you know, completely like if we would have converted on that onside kick drive, that would have, I think, completely changed the game. And then we two things. We get that really terrible holding call. We we honestly got no calls in this game. There were some ridiculous calls and i know there were some kind of both sides but really like on our end like on that drive specifically there was a huge pi on uh one of our tight ends either me and or, or beers um that they just did not call and then some some of the the refs were were i thought pretty poor but like again like it still would didn't really affect much because like on the other drives that we weren't penalized we just weren't converting like we had we were really good on the ground but, like, anytime we had to throw the ball, I mean, Keon Jenkins had 0.5 seconds, and he was, like, running for his life. He wasn't really able to make any runs. Um, you know, their their D-line kind of dominated our, our O-line, and it was just ugly, man. It was just so – it was such an ugly game. And what worries me the most is that, first off, I don't know about Keon's health. I know I think Mike McIntyre said after the game that that um, it he, he'll be fine. Um, but – this is a game that you needed to win if you wanted to have any chance to go bowling. Like I marked this stretch. Once we started three and one, I was like, listen, Liberty's going to be a really tough game. You know, that one, I, you know, whatever the New Mexico game, New Mexico state game also really sucks because it was a tie game in the fourth quarter and we couldn't score again, a single point in the fourth quarter. I actually saw a stat that our good buddy, Mike Vick posted. Uh, he basically the only game that we've scored like over six or you know maybe a touchdown in the second half was the North Texas game. In the other games, we've either scored zero, three, or, or, or a touchdown. It's it was it's an insane stat, and like the fact that like we aren't able to capitalize anything on the offensive side with the skill players that we have is it, it just it really it's it's shocking. Um, and so 
you know, I marked down the New Mexico State game. I thought we could have won. I still think we could have won. We blew it in the fourth quarter. This game needed to be a win, and we needed to beat Sam Houston. Like, these were the three. We could have been six. We could have had six wins already by the end of next week. But now we're staring down the barrel of three and four. Sam Houston, I still think, obviously, we can we can win. But, like, I don't know anymore. Like, with the, with the way that we've been playing and then the harder stretches toward the end where we play Arkansas and Western Kentucky. And, and so, I don't know. I, I'm a bit worried where this team goes from here. I'm a bit worried, uh, you know, where the players are at, um, you know, like mentally, like it's like it's three straight losses and some in different fashions. Uh, Liberty was kind of a blowout. This game was just a weird semi blowout, but then it really wasn't. We were always in this game. And then the New Mexico state with just fourth quarter destruction. So like, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm, I'm a bit worried going forward. I'm, I, I don't know what our path to a bowl game is. I mean, we'd essentially have to beat Sam Houston, Middle Tennessee on the road, which we've never done, and Jacksonville State is playing really well because um, Arkansas and Western are going to be very tough. So, I don't know. It bit, it worries me. Um, and, yeah, man, I'm just kind of, kind of down now. I was really hyped <laughs> a couple weeks ago, but now I'm just kind of like, I just don't know. I, it's it's a very big question mark. I don't I don't really even know what changes need to be made. Um, like in terms of you know any, anything. I know we lost we've lost a couple guys. The CJ's Christian went down, so I'm hoping he's all good. I know he had to go to the hospital after the game. Uh, obviously, Keon's health is in question. Um, so it's it's kind of a big question mark going forward. Um, the only other thing I do want to note before I, you jump in. Um, as much as like they were able to establish a run early on and they convert on those two really big passes, I mean, the defense really did their job for th- the rest of the time. I mean, you hold a team to six points in three quarters, you know, it's it's really you need your offense to do something. And it's kind of been the story of a lot of the games this year. Um, you know, our defense, like the La Tech game is the other one that comes to mind that defense did you know, all they could to keep us in the game, quote unquote, because obviously they allowed those 21 points, but like, you know, whatever. Um, but like the offense just really could not get anything going. David, there's a lot there I want to touch on um, before we, you know, kind of get into the Sam Houston game and, and what that may look like. But this is, listen, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, right? Because you jump out to a three and one start and quite frankly, you definitely can say at that point, you see signs of hope, right? You see a true freshman quarterback coming there and sparking the team. Um, you see guys like Chris Mitchell. Chris Mitchell's having a breakout year. I mean, huge year. He's been awesome. They didn't you know, really get him the ball that much in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so, you know, not really James. anybody really did, but. Um, right. Yeah. Right. No, I was going to say, Keyon Jenkins was pressured. So that probably played a factor in him not getting the ball, but Chris Mitchell, I mean, has just taken a, a huge step forward uh, in terms of, you know, his development as a receiver and same thing, you know, with Dean Patterson and, and others, um, Jalen Bracey as well, Eric Rivers, but David, we, we got to address this, right? And I, I, I know FIU fans might not want to hear this, but I think we have to address it. it. It's also very weird, David. It's only been five months since I was covering this team and it feels like so much longer, you know, it, it, it feels like that was almost like, a year ago, but I covered this team in spring. I was there when Tyree Chambers left, EJ Wilson left, Rivaldo Fairweather left. In terms of the offensive line, Lindell Hudson, Shamar Habdi Lee, 
Jamar Sylvester, Julius Pierce. Go to the defensive side and Andrew Volmar and Gaithan Bernadel and Demetrius Hill, right? I think I just covered everybody right there. There may be a few others who one may have missed. Um, David, that's a lot of guys who, listen, I understand if you lose players to the transfer portal, maybe weren't playing, right? That's one thing. That's a lot of people who, outside of Tyrese and Rivaldo, are probably the, the main two that you said, all right, they're probably gone. Everyone else, you, you may have been thinking, and I shouldn't say may, I know they were thinking because I had plenty of conversations with Scott Carr in the press box and following games last year when he's like, man, we're only losing, you know, Dorian Hall. Um, and I'm forgetting who was the other uh, 50 year player who, who graduated. I'm forgetting off the top of my head, right? That you think you have the possibility to bring almost everyone back. It's a lot of guys to replace, David. And I said this to an FIU staffer on the field before the Louisiana Tech game. I said, I definitely think that there's 22, 25, 30 players in this roster who are prepared to play. The question is, are there 45, 50? And I'm not saying necessarily that there are or aren't. I'm just looking to acknowledge the fact that when you look at a game like the UTEP game, David, and you see the offensive line has some struggles. You know, Travis Burke is a promising guy. Phil Houston's a promising guy. You know, Bach. Um, Jacob Peace, you know, all, all, all solid guys, but it, it, it's just a lot different when you can't go eight, nine deep on the offensive line as opposed to having to go five, six deep. That that plays a factor in getting the quarterback pressure, David. So uh, we're going to see how things fare down the stretch. Uh, I mean, it's going to take some guys to step up. Donovan Mangles obviously having a great year. Reggie Peterson, longtime Panther. Deverick Daniel uh, is a guy who every time we saw him in practice was making plays. Uh, you know, Jamal Potts, Zeke Masses, um, you know, defensive line. Those guys are, are, are still growing. I look at, you know, Jack Daly's playing his role, but even, you know, guys like Keegan Davis and and um, and Will Prendergast, like those are all guys who are kind of growing through. Javante O'Neal. So it, it's going to be a work in progress. But as you talked about in terms of bowl contention, I mean, this is this is where we're at. You know, the team needs three wins. You talked about some of the games they have left. Let's start with this, with this uh, Sam Houston State game, David, who, yes, they are 0-6, but you take a look at their losses. Okay, they lost to BYU, Air Force, and Houston. Those are, those are games that you expect them to lose. Even BYU, they only lost by 14. They couldn't put up any points, but they lost 14-0. They lost uh, a neutral game at Air Force, neutral side game, 13-3. So their defense was playing well. Houston, you expect to lose uh, by a big margin as a Big 12 team. But then they get to see USA play. Jacksonville State, that's 6-0, they lost by only a score. They lost by only a score to Liberty, that's undefeated. <laughs> you know, and then New Mexico State, they, they kind of struggled. And quite frankly, that Liberty game, um, excuse me, the Jacksonville State game, that's a game that they were leading, and uh, Jacksonville State made a, a comeback in the fourth quarter and then won in overtime. So listen, I, I, I got to warn FIU fans again. I know you're looking at an 0-6 team, just like a 1-5 team in Utah, but you're going to Sam Houston. Right. So you're flying into Houston and then making the trip to, gosh, I can't remember um, the city that their campus is in. But it, it, it's it, FIU is going to have to be ready. It's going to be another midweek game, David. And I, I want to give it back to you on this. Right. So let's just go big picture here. Five games left. In your mind, what are you looking for? I mean, what what's going to constitute a, a success uh, in, in your mind? And, and, you know, obviously the voice of the fan. So. Uh, what's going to constitute a success for, for Panther Nation? Wins, man. We need wins. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if we play in close games. It's if you can't win certain games, like the Sam Houston, the Sam Houston game, 
I, I, I get it. I totally, you know, I, I, I've seen their, you know, their schedule and how they've played. And I know they're definitely, we're not a team that can overlook anybody, obviously. Um, but I'm just saying like, those are the type of teams and games that you have to win. Like it, it, there's really nothing else to it. Um, like obviously, you know, if we lose, you know, to games like teams like Arkansas and Western and we keep it close, like those are the type of games. It's like, okay, like you can see that promise, but like Sam Houston, you know, isn't, you know, if you, someone can say that they're, you know, maybe slightly better than us. Okay. Sure. It doesn't matter. Like those are the type of games that I don't want to just be competitive anymore. Like I, you need to win those games. Uh, and same goes with like middle Tennessee, who hasn't really been great this year. Like, though, you know, I know we, we've always, we struggle with them and obviously they're a conference team and they're still, you know, and it's not like we're, you know, a powerhouse or anything, but it doesn't matter. Like it, for me, like I need to see a couple more wins. Like I would love, obviously, you know, if we can sneak into a bowl game, that's a dream scenario. At this point, that's I've kind of wiped that a little bit out of my mind. Um, but who knows? I'm hoping we can. But like, I, I, we can't. If we lose out, then it's an absolute failure. Like, it, it's, it's. I don't even care if all the games we lose by a game losing field goal. It might be even worse. But um, I, I need to see some wins. Um, <laughs> and I need to see him soon, Eric. <laughs> um, David, but, can, I, can I just jump in and ask you one quick question in specificity to Sam Houston and Jacksonville State? Um, yeah. From the perspective of the fan, right? Let's let's just wipe records away, right? And I, I don't mean this disrespectfully to any FIU fans, but uh, most FIU fans I know, you know, they're not following the history of Jacksonville State football outside of the fact that they, they beat FIU in 2020, right? So let's just I, – I, it's not fair to, to say don't look at the record because they're a really good team, but let's just wipe away for a second. How tough of a pill would it be to swallow to lose to both of those teams because of the fact that they are the ones who came up from FCS? And if you just, again, let's wipe away the records for a second. Theoretically, FIU should have been recruiting at the same level, if not better than those two teams for the past few years. No, it's, it, it would be a tough pill to swallow, especially the Sam Houston, because like the Jacksonville State – I, I agree. It's obviously the same scenario, but I've seen a bit more from them and they've also beaten us before. Um, Sam Houston state was one that I circled on the calendar that it should be a win. And then you obviously see Owen six, but if you actually look into their, they're not playing as bad as their, their record says, but that was, that would still be a very tough pill to swallow because, you know, we've been D one now for so many years. We've been in this conference for so many years, like, like we, we are in Miami. We are in a huge state for recruiting. And the fact that I know we lost some guys to the portal. We lost a lot of guys. We also got, a, you know, some guys back like in a, in the portal situation, like we should be a, ahead of these teams. And the fact is like, if we lose, you know, we're really not. And if we lose those games, I mean, there's a chance we, I mean, we, I mean, not really a chance. I think we'd, we'd almost solidify our spot as the last place at conference USA in a depleted conference USA. So it's, it would be a very, very tough pill to swallow. And like, you know, as much as I'm loving, like I'm loving the hype and I'm loving all the new, you know, the content and the fact that like, we, we, we feel like that, that team, but at the end of the day, Eric, nothing happens. If you can't win games, you're not going to really put butts in seats, uh, you know, with, with Instagram promos as sick as they are, they are absolutely awesome. And I want to obviously keep doing them. They're sick. But like at the end of the day, you don't make ripples in in, in you know in college football uh, with just that. Like you need to win, and you need to even if you know we're not going undefeated, and that would be a dream. But you need to beat the teams that 
are on your level or, you know, and even the teams that are slightly above it, like that. And, and the realization is like, it's almost pretty much selling in. Like we're not there yet. And it's like, why not? Like we should be there. Like we should be there. We should have taken a little bit of a jump this year. I mean, we won three games last year um, or four games last year. And um, you know, if we can't get over that hump either with a, with a weaker conference, then it's, 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 it's pretty tough. No, David, I appreciate your perspective there. I just wanted to get your, you know, the fan perspective because you're right. I mean, I'll, I'll quote the great Dan Forcella, who uh, is, you know, one of the great people who work in FIU comms and is helping with, you know, a lot of the, the cool things you've seen on social media, along with Hunter Dubois and the whole staff there. But Dan said, you know, hey, you know, we're going to keep creating uh, great content. And when the wins start to come, it, it's gonna really going to blow up. It's going to be great. And if you know anything about Dan's history, he was at UCF prior. So, of course, he has experience with a program who, you know, was able to kind of hit lightning in a bottle with wins and great social media. And uh, Dan's right. I mean, Scott Carr, and I know you said it, you know, those things aren't going to put butts in seats, but he's managed to do something that, quite frankly, I didn't think could be done. He's given FIU an identity outside of South Florida. Um, the Vice theme and, and and you know, everything's come along with that. It, it's, it's really given an identity. But the end of the day, like I said, the, those things, and it's why we felt that this loss was one of the top five in, in program history, or at least you felt that way. And I, and I kind of gave my opinion as well. You have all that and you showcase on national TV and unfortunately ends in, in a loss, David. So yeah, uh, quickly, you know, I will quickly provide a, just a, a preview for Sam Houston State, as I mentioned, first year FBS team under Casey Keeler. Casey Keeler had a lot of success um, with Sam Houston prior. So definitely, again, you know, a team that you shouldn't take lightly in conjunction with the fact that they uh you know they're a little bit better than than their record excuse me a little better than their their record was um and david it's real quick sorry i'm, I'm scrolling through one thing just want to provide an update it appears kiwan jenkins did take part in fie's presser uh today so maybe that provides an update as, as to his health so just want to shout that out but no casey keeler head coach of sam houston state i mean they won um uh, excuse me, won an FCS national championship in 2020, 2021, and won 11 games during the 21 fall season. So, you know, as they were making the transition to FBS, uh, they've been a very good FCS team. Keegan Shoemaker is their quarterback. Shoemaker has been solid this year, uh, about 1,300 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. They've really struggled running the football. So that's something to key on, I, I, to key in on, excuse me. Uh, I think FIU shouldn't have too much of a concern in terms of the run game like they did last week. We were just able to focus on the pass and their defense, as I, as I mentioned, has um, performed well at times, but has struggled in conference play. So that's a quick preview of the Bearcats as they head to Huntsville, Texas. I get there. Yes, Huntsville, Texas. Uh, you fly into Houston, about 45 minutes north, you will hit Huntsville. So. Uh, David, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I got, you know, uh, some time here. I'm heading to the bye weeks. Maybe we'll do this again in, in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll do it after a win. Who knows? You know, uh, hopefully, but, Eric, hopefully <laughs> after a win, David, I pass it back to you to yeah. close this one up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tough sledding for the Panthers this week. We're going to need a big bounce back uh, against Sam Houston on the road next week. Again, still sticking with the Wednesday night schedules, um, which I am actually a huge fan of, but, um, you know, hoping for the best. I'm hoping we can turn this around. Let's do this. I know it seems a bit bleak right now. I'm trying to will myself up. I'm sure by Monday I'll be all right back in it, but, um, you know, for now, 
Appreciate you all always listening, tuning in. You can always find me on Twitter at MrHondel321. You can find the podcast at Pod. You can find Eric at Eric C. Henry underscore. Um, and you can always five, find Five Reason Sports on Twitter as well. Thank you all, Eric. One last thing. You want to plug any of anything else or, or good to close? Just last but not least, as you said, you can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore and find my coffee ball coverage. Horns 24-7 on Twitter. Horns 24-7 on YouTube. David, is it's so weird. I've got so many platforms now that I've got. Eric, I'm going to need, need you to send me a, a text with all your platforms so I can, <laughs> I can shout them out <laughs> in the beginning and in the, in the end. Um, but as always, appreciate you jumping on, joining me. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll talk soon.